hold on, hold everything. Wait a minute. What's going on? TJW on a Friday? Nathan, Mina, what's going on here? How come you're doing this for me? I didn't know you had my back like that. Guys, we have your back like that. <laughs> Bro, let me tell you. When we're recording, usually it's every single Monday, right? And we bring the business every single week. Now we're bringing it to you so you can enjoy it over the weekend. All right? We always have your back. You know who else always has your back? Oh, Mina, tell them who always has their back. It is ElmontYouthSoccer.com. They always have your back so you can put jerseys on your back. Or Ooh. you could display the back of them on a wall in an array like Nathan has it. Build your very own at ElmontYouthSoccer.com. And why should they go there, Nathan? You want to tell them? I'll tell them why, bro. The link is in the description in case you're looking for it. But in case Mina's already sold you, the link is in the description. Click on it right now. Go and start building your very own Jersey Wall collection, guys. We got your back on a Friday. And guess what? When you enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout, you're going to save even more money. It really oh. is that good. It's the end of the transfer window. Today, we're going to talk about who had the best windows. Guys, your club probably made some good signings, unless you're a Leicester fan, which means there's a lot of new players on the market who you can put the names on the back of these jerseys. Go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com for all of your jersey needs. The link's in the description. Click it right now. And enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout to save 10% on your order. Today, guys, we're going to talk about the five clubs who had the best transfer windows. We hope you enjoy. Dude, happy Friday. Happy Friday. We don't usually do this. I mean, there was a couple weeks back where we had to backlog a lot of episodes we were recording, but they were all scheduled to come out on a Monday. This is going to be somebody's going to open up their podcast app tomorrow, your Spotify's, your Apple's, your whatever, Overcast, whatever. And you're going to be like, wait a second, bonus episode? But what did I do to deserve a bonus? Am I subscribed to like a Patreon or something that I'm going to be able to get bonus? Bro, TJW's looking after it's the long weekend. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to spend yeah. some time to your Labor Day. Maybe you're going to go to the gym. Maybe you're going to go for a walk. You're going to walk your dog. Whatever it is you got to do. And whose beautiful voices are you going to listen to? Ours. Everybody, welcome to the programming. My name is Mr. Nathan Santos, a.k.a. Master Chef Nate. I'm your host, as always. And with me today, my co-host bringing you the special Friday bonus episode is Mina Gali. Brethren, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. It was a great listen. To listen to you and Joe do it last week. And now, now I'm back. Now I'm back to bestow my voice upon the people. We love it. We missed you. We're excited to hear your voice again. I'm, I'm sure it's all excited. And in case you're wondering, well, Nathan, how come you didn't do this episode on the Monday? Like, wouldn't this have still worked? Where if you're just going to talk about the best transfer windows? No. Because Monday, you know what it is? What is it? It's previewing the Champions League. The Champions League's back early this year because of the freaking yeah. World Cup. Which means Champions League starts next week. So the next time you hear an intro from me... It's going to be a poem, and it's going to kick Ooh. a lot of ass, Ooh. all right? Now, that's going to kick us off next. We're going to talk all about the Champions League, the groups, the draw, the predictions, all that stuff. I'm really excited for that one. Speaking but this was a special bonus episode we had weird, to do. Tell me. Uh, have you seen the top six clubs' Octobers? No, have you seen in this, terms of the fixtures for that? Oh, because October, all the top six clubs, because they're in Europe, yeah. play nine games in October. Holy smokes. Nine. Everyone I mean, has a game every two to three days. Everyone. Holy crap. And That's every brutal. single top six club has two top six matchups in that run. Are you serious? Yes. Holy crap. Maybe I didn't pick. Minimum two top six clubs. 
the right time to go to a game. Should I spoil it off the top? Should I let people know about what? Yeah, my are let in people know, man. All right, all right. We'll call this a. a it's not a bro talk. We're gonna talk more about it at the end. But guys, October thirteenth. Oh, what are we gonna do for the jersey wall that week, bro? I'm not coming back till the Tuesday. Oh my god! <laughs> It'll be me and Joe holding it down. It'll be you and Joe, bro. You guys can do it. I'll teach you how. All right. On Saturday, October 13th, your boy Master Chef Ney, city fan of over 13 long years, watching this club <laughs> rise to prominence. <laughs> no, no, 12, 13, 14, something like that for a long time. Since I'm a little kid, I'm going to go to the Etihad Stadium and watch Manchester yeah. City play against Southampton live in the flesh. And believe me, I'm going to tell you all about that when I come back. That's five weeks away. I, I started packing today. I'm done. I'm ready to go. I can leave right now. <laughs> I'm like, I, I was, I could not be more excited about it. It's not so going to be the focus of this you. episode. I'm going to tell you about it every week until I go. You're never going to hear me say anything else other than the same way I was driving the Holland train every week for two years. I was like sitting to go get Holland. And then they did. I manifested Listen, this, guys. We're going to see Man City of play. always like. reminding you that I went to Old Trafford is never changing my background. That's not, that's not going to happen. No, bro. And you yeah. deserve it because that's, yeah. Just sometimes. So I can't country. wait for you to have that moment. I can't wait, bro. Oh, I'm so excited. Anyway, not the focus of today's episode. Today, we're going to talk about the transfer window. Okay. Now, just off the Go top, to let me just transfer say, window. Wow. What a window. All right. Like, just off the top, there was a lot yeah. of money spent this year. Oh. All of that money was spent in the Premier League. <laughs> the Prem bought everybody that there is to buy. Just to put into perspective, the EPL. Over the last few months, okay, of the summer transfer window, I've spent 1.9 billion pounds. Yeah. yeah. Okay. With a B. With a B. You know how much the rest yeah, of yeah, Europe's yeah. top leagues combined I know, spent? I, 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 know how, I know how much La Liga spent, but tell me how much the combined was. The rest of the leagues combined? That you're talking about four leagues here. All of them. All of them. I think even, you know what? I'm willing to bet you can include all of Europe into this. Okay. Because there's no way outside of the top five leagues that they were spending enough to contribute to this that much anyway. The rest of Europe, we'll even say the rest of the world. No one had a window like yeah, this. Yeah, the Venezuelan the rest Premier of the League world. is not Yeah, the Cambodian Premier League, even the CPL over here, like my CPL, Canadian Premier League, we're not spending that kind of change. Spent 1.5. <laughs> the Prem outspent all of the world, bro, which is preposterous, okay? So, how many Prem Tell teams are going to crack this list? Liga spent. We'll have to see. I saw that tweet. That you know was how wild. many? Tell them. It was like 55 million euros or something like something crazy like that. What the hell? Like, Barca spent a fair amount. It must have been like, as it, as it leveled out, maybe outside of Barca because the rest or of like the league didn't spend anything. Of the, yeah. of the whole league. The entire league spent almost nothing. Even Real Madrid barely spent anything. They were gearing up for Mbappe. Yeah, and, and they, they spent just... 85 million on Chouamini. So, yeah. it, it has to be net spent. They got Rudiger, which was free. Right? Anyway, yeah. we can talk about, we're going to talk about all the... Um, all the clubs, because you're going to hear a lot of Premier League teams in here. Yeah. All right? You will not exclusively hear Premier League teams in here because a lot of teams had really good windows. And the way that I did this, and we're going to work off my list, I made a list of the five best ones. Okay, we're going to go five to one. Then I have my near misses, which are clubs that like could easily have the top spot. You could pitch an argument that would probably convince me because it was a lot of freaking work that I made to... To, to arrange this list. And then I have three honorable mentions of teams who can't quite say that they've t they've cracked the top five, but really deserve to be shouted out for the windows that yeah. they had. Okay? I have pros and cons. I have ins and outs. I have net spend factored in. I have overall spending versus profits that they generated. I have everything. Okay? Now, okay. if you think we're going to moneyball this, you're wrong. 
This is mm-hmm. going to be thrilling. You will never be more excited to hear numbers than in this podcast. I hear, I promise you. All right. We start at number five. Brethren, one, two, three, four, five. In fifth place. So starting off our top five here for our mini list, because again, we don't do rankings, is Arsenal. Mm. Okay. Arsenal's net spend was 100 approximately. Some of these, the, like the transfer fees are often disclosed to a degree, but yeah, you know, with new factory bonuses and stuff. So the wor- I'm working on like working reported numbers that are in the ballpark. Okay. So if I'm off by a few million, forgive me. Arsenal had a net spend of 126 million euros for this window. Oh. All right. Okay. In total, they spent 150-ish and they generated about 25. Okay. So Got it works it. out to be about that. Okay. They brought in Zinchenko mm-hmm. for about 40, Gabriel Jesus. I won't go for price tags for everybody because it doesn't matter. But Zinchenko, Gabriel Jesus, Fabio Vieira for 40. Don't forget that. Um, Marquinhos from Sao Paulo, who cost four mil, and Matt Turner from the MLS. Not super important, right? So they spent 150 million really between like three major players. Yeah. Two of whom are tremendous impact players in the squad. Most of the outs that they had were either free freebies that they let go, which is money off their wage bill, or loans with with deals to buy whatever. They generated uh, 25-ish mil from Lucas Torreira, uh, who was about 7.5 mil. Matteo Guendouzi moved to uh, Marseille, and so on and so on. They didn't generate a whole lot of money. They got rid of Lacazette as well. They got rid of Lacazette on a free rate. That's a big like contract off the books. So I have pros and cons, and then we're going to discuss Arsenal's window as a whole. Okay? Yeah. My pros for Arsenal is they have massive injections of quality into the first team from proven Premier League champion team, right? From a, from a Premier yeah. League champion team, right? So they didn't just go shop around Europe and look for like who can be an addition to us. They went, who's not good enough to play at the absolute like pinnacle of football? They can probably make our team better. And you know what? They've been right so far. They have. Right, yeah. because the players who have made the highest impact on their team have been those players, Gabriel Jesus and, and Zinchenko, okay? The cons... They're still light in defensive midfield. Yeah. Right. So at one point in the window, it looked like they were doing a lot more. And Edu said there's still more business to be done. And it wasn't. So I would still say in defensive midfield, they're lacking a little bit of something. Granit Xhaka, I think we've seen his ceiling. Sambi uh, Lukonga, I know he has potential to grow even more, but he's not there yet. Mohamed El Neni, same thing. Like we know what he's a squad player. Thomas Partey's always injured. In the in a double pivot in particular, I really thought they were going to go out and get like a Yuri Tillemans or a destroyer CDM to really, really help reinforce the the spine of the team because they've made a lot of expansive signings to help the team score goals, but their spine, I would still argue, is is a weakness in their team. So that's yeah. why I put them at five. Okay, what do you think of this as a as a placement so far and about the signings that they made? I like it. Um, also, you think, they're, you think they crack a top five? I don't think so. Okay, when we get like, to our honorable no, mentions, they had we can, we they had a really good. They, uh, like it, it obviously depends on who else you have in the honorable mentions, but yeah, they did have a good window. This is not me saying Arsenal had a bad window. They had a good window. They addressed a, a few of their major issues, mm. um, namely striker, because they definitely needed that with yep. Aubameyang and now Lacazette on. They were extremely thin up top, and now they're just thin in the middle of the park. So now it just highlights more the positions where they were previously thin, right? Because they addressed the other issues and. Judging by how their season's going right now, they they, they did well. Like yeah, they did really. That well. has they also factored into money. my decision here. To be fair, because yeah. how the team is doing, like how the players are impacting the team that they're yeah, playing. Chemistry is important. 
is yeah, it's a massive part of it because it'd be one thing, and we're gonna get to like teams who spent a lot more than this, but it's um it's it's not always about that. It's Mikel Arteta's team here that he is building functionality yeah. wise has kicked off the season perfectly, right? They're five and oh. literally they couldn't perfectly. be doing any better. Yeah. Right. So my cons are what hamper them to not be higher up the list, right? Because they still spent a good amount of money. And if we really want to examine it between the past three windows, right? Last summer, you yeah. remember they spent 150 and we didn't think that it that it improved their squad that much. Then That's they true. made some acquisitions in January. I think they signed Ramsdale in January, if I'm not mistaken. Or was sure. that? I don't remember I, if that was no in the idea. summer, but I, I just watched the All or Nothing doc. I don't remember who they signed. Yeah, same But I remember they got rid of Aubameyang, right? Everyone was concerned about the, the goal threat. They didn't bring in anyone. No, they got rid of Aubameyang and they didn't bring anyone because that was a big point in the All or Nothing doc. Mm, like, yeah, yeah, fair yeah. enough. I thought Ramsdale. Why did I think Ramsdale came? But it doesn't matter. Leno, they also got rid of, by the way. They, they made a little bit of money there. But so now in the past two windows, Arsenal have, sp- or not, I mean, January omitted. They've spent almost 300 mil. This yeah. is now Mikel Arteta's what third full year in charge. Yes, going on yeah, third or fourth, going on four, fourth. maybe even now. No, this has been there for some time. Yeah. So the amount of money that has been invested in the squad for him has to, at some point, churn out results. And right now, it's going very, very well. Right. I just, I don't, I don't, I still don't think that Arsenal will be like legitimate Premier League contenders at the end of the window. But I think that as far as a window goes, this is about as good as they could have done. Right, with no, the exception of solidifying agree. the center mid, which they didn't do, which is why I have them lower in the top five. I completely agree, and I think they they should have been disappointed with how last season ended because they should have finished in the Champions League positions, mm. and only did it because um, they they completely fell off. And now getting these important points in the beginning of the season, even if they fall off in the middle, it it puts them in a much better situation than they were last season. Because remember, right. they lost the first three three matches last season. They were in a very poor condition. Yeah. When you looked at how the table ended, those that those like three matches could have changed everything. Obviously, they, mm-hmm. they had a loss to City and a loss to Chelsea. But um, they dropped a lot of points last season. They had a lot yeah. of draws. And they fell off the pace because they completely lost chemistry. There was obviously turmoil with, with Aubameyang. Now that dressing room looks a lot better. 100%. It looks a lot more cohesive. Everyone's trying to work for the win. And so far, they've managed to get 15 points out of 15 points. You cannot yeah. have a better a better start to the season. Right. Now, keeping consistency will be a different question. And that's where the cons might start to come in, right? If Arsenal start to bleed goals, yeah. if you know they start to get dominated in midfield, things like that start to happen, then those questions can be asked. But I want to move off Arsenal because, like I, I said... Think, I think they're an injury or two away to key players from the whole season yeah. falling apart. A, a lot of teams why. are, though, in fairness to them. But the, yeah, the ones above them maybe maybe are not in the Boy, same Boy, do right? they need a humbling, though. I, man, you know oh, yeah. please. I swear to God. <laughs> this weekend, <laughs> right? Let's see what happens. So, um, anyway, we'll move on from Arsenal because, like I said, Arsenal... I have two teams that could be in discussion for the fifth spot. So, I yeah. want to leave Arsenal there because I think... I could make a stronger argument as to why they deserve to be in the top five than yeah. the other two teams, but we could. Have it also a doesn't make me feel good about myself praising Arsenal too long. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, if you don't like praising Arsenal, you're not going to like this next one. Uh, in number four, I have Chelsea. Okay. Okay. Now let me explain. Okay, Chelsea pros. They addressed their defenders leaving, right? Because they lost a lot of their defensive lineup last year, which was going to be a massive, massive cause for concern. And they went out and signed players, but like really, really good players to replace the ones who had departed. So, you know, in terms of the money that they spent, at least they got the job done, right? They brought in, I'll get to who they brought in in a second. 
but they did bring in the defenders that they probably needed to. Yeah. Right. They also addressed other problem areas in their squad, right? Especially towards deadline day with oh. strikers, with creative <laughs> players, with uh, quality midfielders who can do like what Tuchel needs them to do. It's it's an important, like they were able, they left it late, but they did manage to do a lot. Okay. The cons, they spent a fortune and they're still miles off their trophy target. Right. Because let's be real, even with all the money that they poured into it, Chelsea are still not going to win the Premier League this year. We know that. They have a better chance of winning the Champions League. I understand that. But I don't think very many people right now would bet on Chelsea to win the Champions League. I understand that's a position they like to be in. Maybe Joe disagrees as, the, as our resident Chelsea fan. But I, I think that this amount of money invested into the squad puts them to like solidify their top four ambitions at best. I don't think yeah. that it results in a meaningful trophy at the end of the year. And when you're spending more than everybody else in the transfer market, they spent over $300 million yeah. in the they transfer the market this season. Biggest spenders. And they still, you could argue, have a lack of goals because here's what they brought in. They brought in Aubameyang on deadline day, but he took number nine. <laughs> Bro, that's a problem. We know, we've seen this before, that it's been a problem for him to have number nine. So the curse is I out there. I just want to right? know just who at Chelsea looked at that all or nothing documentary and went, you know how we fix a broken squad? <laughs> Bring in that guy. Aubameyang. That guy. <laughs> Bring, oh, come in with your, gold, with your gold Lambo. Come in. Fix that shit yeah. right up. Tuchel's like, that's who I need in my dressing room right now. I also love how much Joe used to roast him when he was at Arsenal. And yeah. now he has to Now he's going to be singing the songs, bro. To be fair, I could see Joe fully embracing Aubameyang. Like, as he kicks on. I can see Joe fully he's got embracing the anyone else but Aubameyang. You don't think so? No, bro. I think, I think like, Joe I think would double down on his hatred for your fan base. You love it. No, like, only if he's missing I, Just look at Lukaku. Look at what he did. Is he sucked. He, it wasn't good. I, yeah, but he also spoke about uh, against Chelsea. He, he was like, I'm not going to clap for if he scores. <laughs> you think Aubameyang's going to get a cover-up on his Arsenal tattoo? He's going to change the 14 on In the jersey to 9? Yeah, yeah, he's going to adopt the full Jamie Vardy cast. <laughs> Anyway, who did Chelsea bring in? They brought in uh, Dennis Zakaria on loan on the, on deadline day, which is fantastic because I've been singing yeah, Dennis Zakaria to the Premier League for a long time. Six months in UFA, they were like, "All right, peace, bro. We're just we're not trying to compete with anything." So here, have him. Aubameyang for thirteen mil, Wesley Fofana for eighty. Jeez, Louise, I rate Wesley Fofana, but Christ, we can talk about that too. Uh, Mark Cucurella for almost seventy as a as a left back. Koulibaly for 45 and Sterling for 62. Those are the notable ones. Then they spent a good chunk of change just in, in further squad. It's not super important because there's not players who are going to matter right now. But between, let me see, Caesar somebody, Carney somebody, <laughs> Gabriel somebody, they spent a, like an additional 50 mil on, on long-term players. Oh, no. Chelsea's academy is very, very good. And when those players come up, sometimes they're integrated into the squad. Sometimes they're, they're part of the, the lone roulette. So this is an additional 50 mil that they spent hoping that it works out for the future, right? Crazy. They also sent out Billy Gilmore on a permanent deal. Remember, they signed Billy Gilmore yeah. for like a million bucks when he was 15 because they were like, this yeah. kid's nasty. I think he has a buyback clause, but whatever. Brighton, great business. Billy Gilmore for 11 mil. Kennedy, Hudson-Odoi, they loaned out. Um, Emerson, they sold. Emerson, yeah. Timo Werner, Lukaku, they're making 10 mil from that loan-ish, which is fine. And then they lost Alonzo Rudiger and Christensen on freeze, right? So a lot of their back line. So in total, they spent over 300 and they generated 60 in revenue, which means that they cl are close to in the 250 range, which mm -hmm. is a preposterous net spend, right? Tell me, 
what do you think of the deals? Because they spent a lot of money on good players, but with Chelsea's manager roulette, right? And and listen, Fofana and Koulibaly needed to be done. But what else? Right? Like they left it so late on deadline day. Were those were the Zachariah and Aubameyang deals panic buys? How do you rate the window overall? Tell me. I think um I think Chelsea got rinsed on prices mm. around the park. Like they got so rinsed on on prices. And this for is who? coming from a United fan. So for, for everyone, who? Who like Cucu- Cucurella for um for what's it called? Um Fofana, obviously Leicester's number one price tag for center backs is 80 million. So they they, they don't know any other number well i think Um, it's funny because lester honestly had a point here because they were like listen we sold mcguire for 80 mil and that guy sucked this guy's at least really good so he's at least going to be 80 mil and then yeah that's that's the precedent that the mcguire signing set or uh, technically the the virgil van dyke signing set but he actually Mm -hmm. worked out to be phenomenal so right everyone else had to follow suit yeah um it's chelsea like cucarella is a good signing Weight fee aside, and again, none of these fees are the fault of the player, it's him themselves. They don't nope. like that's not their fault, don't that. it's just the business that's happening behind the scenes, and that shouldn't be a, a point of pressure to, to, to you know, say that's a 70 million pound player, he should be playing better than that. No, this is not this is yeah. a stupid argument. We've already established, at least, yeah, we have argument. to leave that with the market yeah. that we're in, bro. We leave can't that behind, be, we can't attribute price tags to player quality anymore because it, yeah. it, it almost doesn't correlate. It, right? it like, does not correlate. It's how important was this person to this club, and that's yeah. it. It's not. Uh, it's not the player's fault that they got sold for eighty million. Mm. Cucurello is a good signing because they got rid of Marcus Alonso as well, and mm. only had um, Buddy Face and Emerson. They sold and Kennedy. And they Emerson. sold all of the like deep yeah. quality left backs that nobody forgot that nobody knew they got rid of. Cucurello, I dude? thought was a little who's, bit who's expensive. The dude they have at left and Chilwell is there should be their starting left back. So I was a little bit actually confused. Now City said we're not paying that much for Cucurella, so forget it. And Chelsea were like, I'm in. And then they spent. I think it's the fitness with uh, with Ben Chilwell though. Yeah, because he's coming back from injury. I I understand that. Like long-term quality-wise, I guess if you want to have the two, but I just don't think that either of them will settle to be a a rotation piece. I don't like the argument that Cucurella can play a center back in a back three. Because the dude is a cam in La Liga. Like I don't, like yes, you're right, but he's going to commit a lot of fouls there. Right? Like he doesn't have the physicality to play that position. Plus, it's not his best position. It's the same thing as Reese James. Quit yeah, stop playing trying your to best players in the wrong in, position. Yeah, exactly. Let them play in their good spot. Stop That's trying where to do that. Be the most effective for the team. Stop right? trying to do that. Yeah, Chelsea, I, again, I think Chelsea left a lot of the business way too late, like, mm. uh, like other clubs in the window, because they just kept getting rejected by every single player that they went for in the beginning right. of the window. And that was, that sucked because it was new ownership. You were supposed to, you know, make a statement. And the statement was for yeah. June and a lot of July that no one wanted to go. A lot yeah. of people were very hesitant about going to Chelsea. And I don't understand why specifically, because they're in the Champions League. It's new ownership and right. they have a good manager who fucking like 18 months ago won the Champions League. Yeah. And not to mention, like Tuchel is not one of those managers who is being like given anything here. If Thomas Tuchel gets sacked, almost any other club will fire their manager to appoint him. Right, Tuchel yeah. is a is a very very good manager, and Chelsea's managerial cycle is a little bit tough. I don't like that Chelsea are off to a poor start, and some people are already at his throat because it's like, dude, if there's one manager to give time to, let it be this dude. He just he just won you the Champions League. That doesn't buy you any time. Yeah, like Christ, literally, you don't have to win right away. But at least I think that they're going to make the Zachariah loan deal permanent, which will be thirty mm-hmm. mil well spent in my opinion because they spent more on Danny Drinkwater five <laughs> years ago, which. It's just preposterous. And same with Ross Barkley was in that price range. You're like, what is going on here? Chelsea at least were able to get rid of a lot of 
like they were able to generate 60 million revenue just from selling players who didn't play. So in yeah. that respect, like I, I rate that element of it. If all these players can kick on, Chelsea had a really, really good window, right? And, and it's not that they Correct. didn't spend in the right positions, right? They got Sterling, who Joe is, Joe is very, very hot on Raheem Sterling, right? Because he's able, they to got generate, striker. he's able to make a lot of things happen. And I rate that about him because yeah. he's playing. They have a lot of similar players in those positions, the second striker type creators, let's find space and abuse it type of players. And they got a striker to finish chances. Yeah, right? a good and a good finisher at that. It's, it's more of off the field where, where his problems lie. Right. So if you're back three, or you're depending if they're going to play back two, whatever, let's call it a back three, because that's what we've seen from Tuchel, is going to have Koulibaly, Thiago Silva, and Wesley Fofana in it with at full fitness, Reese James at right wing back, and either Cucurella or uh, Ben Chowell. And don't forget how good Ben Chowell is, because he is that guy. Yeah. Chelsea are going to do very, very well to not concede. And Golo Conte has been hurt a lot. And so Zachariah coming in makes a lot of sense. Zachariah, I actually think, is one of the few players who can handle Chelsea's two-man midfield in this kind of way because he's all Great. energy, he's composed, and he's physical. Like, he can handle the intensity of it. He's not going to get bullied or, or pressured because he's composed on the ball too, right? So when you have him and Kovacic playing together in midfield, just by example, they can cover a lot of ground. Or to play one of those two with a Jorginho, for example, I think makes a lot of sense, Right. Chelsea have a lot of options in their in their squad here, right? Ziyech can play. They still have a really Pulisic strong squad. can play. Yeah. Right? Like um, Mount, Gallagher, you know, Armando Broya, who just came into, like, who signed a six-year deal today. There's a lot of, of Chelsea that works. And so I have them at fourth on the list because I think they did a lot of things right. But I still think they There's spent a, a lot of it. money, yeah, to not necessarily hit the heights that they will want to hit right away. Because to be honest, with the exception of yesterday, which was when the window ended, I think a lot of Chelsea fans would agree with me when I say this. It's like, there doesn't seem to be that much of a plan. This new ownership, yeah. Todd Bowley is just kind of going around like, who's good? That guy's good? Okay, let's go get him. Whereas I think Tuchel wanted to like build a squad, you know, a little bit tighter squad, a more composed squad of, of his kind of guys. I think they were able to address that on the last day. But going into that, I think if Chelsea didn't snag deadline day deals, that they would have they would have really, really suffered this season. They would have had a very disappointing season, uh, disappointing right. window. I, I think they saved it uh, somewhat with deadline yeah. day. But again, um, not to say that they have a bad squad. It's just that, you know, I don't think it, this necessarily puts them in the bracket that they want to be in, in terms yeah. of competing for the league. Fair. Um, right, can we move on to number three? Yes, please. In number three, I've put Man City. Okay. Cool. City brought in Erling Holland, Julian Alvarez, Calvin Phillips, Stefan Ortega. Not that Stefan Ortega really matters, but just like of, of actual quality signings. Sergio Gomez. And Manuel Akanji. Okay. Very, very good players that they brought in. They spent yeah. 140 mil. Mm-hmm. Okay. On the sales of Gabriel Jesus, Zinchenko, and Raheem Sterling alone, that was 120. So they covered pretty much all their spend. Then just with other players that they that they sold, just here and there kind of money, right? People making loans permanent, um, you know, squad players who didn't play much for just ones that went under the radar, they generated almost another, like d- doubling the price because City regained 209 mil which means city's net net spend was a 69 million euro profit brilliant so when you add and and all the players that they added were great okay don't get me wrong right they replaced the 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 depth pieces that they needed right julian alvarez replaces a lot 
Erling Holland walks into the squad. And not to mention, Erling Holland walking into the squad means that one of City's starters last season becomes a depth option, which yeah. means a starter for Man City last season is now a depth option. That's brilliant too. Signed a, a, a cover for left back, signed a cover for Rodri because Fernandinho left, signed a cover for um, for even Ederson because everybody else, like let all the other keepers kind of left and got injured. City had the second best net spread in all of the Premier League, only second to Brighton. Okay, and got the best striker on the market. Correct. No, Bro. it's brilliant business, and you could see it's it's definitely brilliant business as well. Like, right? like Julian Alvarez is, is amazing. Um, I love oh, him. He's wonderful. I, oh, he's you know, wonderful. Like, Ralph Ralph Ragnick. I don't know if you know this, but he he recommended him to United, and they went. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's absurd. Right. He made I think like three or four, but this is not the United topic right now. You know how much we did he sign him for? Time. You know how much did he sign him for? How much? Nineteen mil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most clubs well, who in was Europe the other go one, get like a South Enzo, American superstar. Enzo Fernandez, the midfielder. Yeah, from yeah, he also recommended him. They went, eh. dude. <laughs> yeah, bring so Ragnick back, man. That like that's that's why he's now yeah. managing Austria, and not working at United. But anyway, this is the <laughs> this is time to talk about yes, City. City did really man. well. City, yeah. and you could tell. Um, Holland was always going to be a success because even last year, like when you look at City and you know, remember when when they were like floating crosses in to absolutely no one and a team of yep. like super short people. I like that now is everyone going, oh, Pep was preparing them for this. Like he he used last season to prepare them for how they're going to play with with Holland this season. Bro, I, I actually think that there's a a a slight but huge tactical adjustment that city made and th that they make at different points in different games. Okay. Cause city attack with five, right. With their center midfielders and then their fullbacks almost play in midfield. Yeah. Because, and then their center backs can show, right. One plays deeper so that he's the sweeper one is the ball playing center. back, Right. So there's a lot, I can do a full tactical breakdown of how city play, but the adjustment they made for Erling Holland, you know what they do differently now? Well, they put in, uh, in swingers. So yeah. instead of, instead of cutbacks, yeah, yeah, just slight, just slight. Because but you're not playing you with Aguero this, anymore. Aguero, when you, you put do this, back. you're feeding it into Holland's path instead of cutting it back away from exactly. goal. bro. So Holland doesn't have to run onto it. He runs towards it, bullies off the center back, and puts it in. Erling Holland has nine goals in five fucking games. Yeah, it's that's, that's it's how September you do it. today. Someone like Lina. that today you play is in September. Front of him. Yeah, I might, do you remember when people said, "Oh, he's going to get twelve to fifteen goals max"? Do you remember that? Who said that? They were pretty much. They were just Arsenal fans because they wanted Gabriel <laughs> Jesus to be to be. The I think a son. lot of people said that, bro. I think a lot of people were like, "That'd be a, def a decent return from him." And to be yeah. fair, a lot of people were idiots. Hey, hey, it's no. August. When August ended, he exactly. had already nine goals in the prem. That is absolutely like when you crazy. said that you were just trying to be cautious because everyone's cautious about your club. Everyone, yeah, I didn't want to put the pressure on. Him. I said, bro, if he gets twenty goals in the prem, that's yeah. a fantastic season. He's going to get that supposed to be. November. He's halfway there, and it hasn't been one month. Yeah, one month. By the time we leave for the World Cup, he will have probably twenty six goals. <laughs> no, okay, let's be real. He might have no, fifteen that's, though. That's a lot. He might have fifteen. But we're in a. If he continues this form. We we might be in a real shot for him for him to break the record of thirty two goals in a season. Like this is very possible right now, dude. I, it's 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 only gonna if he can depend like, on yeah. how he plays in the prem versus the the rotation of the squad, right? Because there's gonna be a lot of games very quickly, and a giant muscular player like that cannot play all the minutes of all the games. Pep's been which is terrific with how he handled him. Yeah, he's, he's taken him really well. He's like, cool. You've done great. You've scored your goals. Peace out. Come on. It's out. good. It's good time like fitness management on Holland. To be honest, like yeah. they're doing well.
it doesn't want to burn him out. Holland has 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 a history of injury troubles. Yeah. Right. So if and Pep and City have this like down to a science, they know exactly how many minutes everybody has to play for optimal sharpness and fitness. And I think a lot of clubs overlook that. They just like no, will run the players' legs off. Like that's, I don't that's, know, dude. A lot of true. clubs will will run their players' legs off to make sure that they're sharp and getting the best result. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's because a lot of clubs don't have the back. They're like, you're right. Fuck it. We don't we don't like we know this guy. This guy's playing ten minutes overtime, but we don't have any backups. City do. Yeah. City and Chelsea, well, I think, are the only teams that that can actually do that in some positions for Chelsea. But I think the thing is know. that City are at a place in most games where they're they're winning. I, really, they're winning by the time they take shut, Holland off. Yeah, shut the game out uh, before 60 minutes, and then you can listen. Even to, 70, to like he signs. just doesn't need to play 90, right? Like he can he can exactly. stay sharp. Even De Bruyne didn't start this game, and City were up like five 0 before yeah. De Bruyne came on. That's preposterous, right? Now, don't get me wrong. There's clim- there's these commentator cliches which I absolutely hate every time De Bruyne's on oh, the bench. Oh, look how deep City's. <laughs> oh my God, it's the worst thing in the world. It's uh, you know Manchester City, the luxury of options here, and I'm like. Jesus Christ! Can you guys relax? He's just—he doesn't need to. Play. We're up five 0 He doesn't need. But to But it come is on true. It's the luxury of options. It's yeah. the way they say it. They say it in a way that's like, "Oh, look at it." But it yeah. is true. In a way it's that he's like a luxury. squad player that they can bring on, like as though he's not just being yeah. rested for today's game. It, it is a luxury that you can get to rest someone like De Bruyne because other yeah. teams, the number one player, the number one player that unlocks their the defenses, does not get to rest. No, he has to play all the time, and that's it. Exactly. He does play all the time, except for when Pep feels, ah, you know what. Let's just let's let's pinch down on this because Pep knows, right? Like the amount of games that City are going to have to play, there will be a lot of rotation. Yeah, City are going to have a lot of play, and I have them at three here because realistically, when the best team in the world adds the best striker on the market and comes out with a profit, you could say that that's the best window. You really could. The only reason I've put two teams above this is because we've seen two of the greatest transfer windows of all time from two other clubs. And I'm going to mention who they are. And you, you probably already know who these teams are. Yeah. It's the level that it takes them to. City, I don't, I won't argue that they have not gone up another level. They definitely yeah. have, right? Holland takes them to a new stratosphere altogether. But these other clubs have made entire reforms around their teams to bring them into a different level of conversation. And I think that is worth more than where City are. I think yeah. City being third, if you want to say it's the best window, I don't have a problem with that. But just signing the one player is, it, you know, makes it that, right? But they they did a lot of very, very good business. I think that these two other teams deserve their praise amongst the best windows. Okay. Fair? Can we move to number two? Yes. Number two, I have Barca. Okay. I put Barca in number two. Barca spent a total of about 170 mil and generated about 13 mil in, in, in funds. Okay. Okay. They had to pull a thousand economic levers to make the the signings possible, and then La Liga had to waive the other yeah. stuff. Yeah, then La Liga wow. had to give them a little just bump went, to just okay. to help them out. So Barca, all in all, spent about 160 mil ish. Okay, okay, on transfers. Okay, now five of those were free. That's great business. All right, the ones who they paid for, and and really like the pro of Barca's window here is that they have real gap closing quality injections here because Real Madrid. Are, are the best team in La Liga, or they were supposed to be, right? Your Champions League winners, your La Liga winners. Barca needed to do something to get them, to rid them of the shell of mediocrity and bring them to a new stratosphere. Yeah. I think I think Barca will very, very likely win the win the league this year. I, I think Barca could have, a, depending on how they get on with, with the team. More of a conversation. 
I think they can they can kick off in the Champions League too. I think they can make like they're way closer now than they were before. And I 100%. think that the gap that like the the gap close that they've done here is what brings them to the second best window because let's be real if we look at where because we we're talking about Chelsea earlier, right? So let's look 18 months back. Where were Barca? Mm-hmm. Ronald Koeman yeah. at the helm booting players out, signing players in who weren't like the Barca quality at all to Xavi taking over this this hellfire and having to figure things out to just more and more debt that they have that they keep freaking accruing because the players who they're getting off they're just trying to burying themselves in their wages every week we've talked all about Barca and their troubles right but they needed to like make injections of quality into their team to help them win because the giant sums of money that come with with success can help them alleviate some of those problems Mm -hmm. right five freebies gap closing quality injections the cons that they made the debt even worse right they had to go spend some more money (laughs) Barca, I think, from a reputation perspective, took a massive hit this window. Yeah. I think that a lot of players were invested in the project, don't get me wrong. But I think the the light that was shined on how players are treated, how, you know, we are not paying you your overdue wages. Thank you for helping us defer. You can leave. We're not going to pay you. Like, the just the bullying tactics that they were using on their, on their assets, I think, was really, really cruel. And I think it should, like, skew their reputation more than it probably has. And I think and they it's also had to pull the way a thousand they, financial levers, right? Yeah, and the way they treated other clubs as well, like the way they did dealt with Bayern Munich for uh, for Lewandowski when they signed him. Mm. They like the reports were at some point Bayern Munich just stopped responding to Barcelona, yeah, because they were trying to like structure a deal where in ten years time they'll get like, or not ten years, but like in a few years time you're gonna get payments. And, and Bayern was right. like, no, 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 it's sixty million upfront. Hey, yeah. And if so you the want way, the, the the like the guy that was in talks for two Ballon d'Ors two seasons ago, yeah, pay the it best up striker front. in the world, bro. Like, yeah. don't forget it. You know, Benzema, okay, is current Ballon d'Or winner, but this dude is is the guy, right? Now, who did they bring in? Francesca on a free, great. Christensen on a free, good quality piece. Rafinha, they spent money on like sixty five mil. Lewandowski, they spent about fifty. Jules Kounde, they spent about between fifty and sixty. Yeah. Uh, Usmani Dembele, they reopt on a free, so that's like basically signing a free agent. Good for them. And then they rounded out the defense with Hector Bellerin and Marcos Alonso, both on freeze as well. So overall, like the 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 Barca did a lot of good things here, right? Their midfield is still very, very good. They now have a lot of options across how they want to play, right? If it's Gavi and Pedri, good. If it's Busquets at the base, fine. If you want to put on Frank Kessi because you need a, a more of a dominator in midfield, you have that option. Frankie de Jong should be starting. They they held on to him. Frankie De Jong's a world-class like yeah. prospect, right? Like I'll still put him in the prospect bracket because he's very much in that conversation that in the next few years, Frankie De Jong getting regular minutes should be one of the best midfielders on planet Earth, right? And then up front, they have the, the guard of Aubameyang, fine, but it's still now Lewandowski who leads the line, right? With Rafinha and Dembele as, as winger options or Ferran Torres or Ansu Fati or Memphis Depay. So, like, no matter where yeah. the situation's going in a game, Barca should have enough to, to figure out how to break the other team down, right? If it's a low Absolutely. block, they have options. If they're being run through, they have options. If they, if they need to play on the counter, they have options. They have a lot of options for what it is that they can do. And I think it puts Barca way closer into the conversation of actually competing for European championships than they have been in the past few seasons. Yeah, they have an actual squad now that can actually go compete on multiple fronts yeah. with the best in the, of the best. Mm-hmm. It, and that's not to say that they they can sweep up the league or or go far in the Champions League, but they they should be competing for the league. They should be competing for the latter stages of the Champions League. Yeah. And only inexperience will will make them fall short. 
and yeah. chemistry, obviously. Yeah, and teams that are better than them, right? Like some teams will be better. Some teams will be able to to just keep Barca out of it. But Barca are way closer now than they were even 12 months ago, right? Even six months ago. Totally they were bringing agree. in Adama Traore on loan six months ago. Now they have freaking like seven, yeah, not seven, but like four like world-class-esque wingers, right? So they have those real options. Um, I, if we can leave Barca there, I want to move on to number one. I think I know who it is. Number one's PSG. Oh, it is not who I thought it was. PSG had the best window. PSG yeah. had the best window, in my opinion. And I is don't it because think... they signed Carlos Soler the day after you yeah. said he should be signed by. Well, let Newcastle. me tell you. Let me tell you what happened. Okay, so um, <laughs> PSG. I'm not a, alone. They had a reasonable spend for their perspective, based on like when you counter it with the sales that they had. Okay, so yeah. PSG, we know what their squad was. All right. Now, last summer they had what was supposed to be the best window ever, right? They signed Sergio Ramos, Ashraf Hakimi, Nuno Menge, uh, Donnarumma, Van Aldem, and Messi. Like, what? That's a preposterous window, right? Which, and only spent which took all of our attentions. Yeah, it took all of our attention because we were like, well, damn, look, like how many world-class players did they just inject into their team? That's preposterous. But there was yeah. a, still a lot of bad players who were at PSG. This window, they moved out almost all of those bad players and brought in really, really good ones. Yep. Not to mention, they appointed uh, Luis Campos as their sporting director. Luis Campos is the dude who beat them twice before. So yep. PSG should have won Ligue 1 for the past 10 years. He didn't on, uh, they didn't on two occasions. And it's because Luis Campos was in charge of Lille and, the, and Luis Campos was in charge of uh, Monaco. Monaco. So now Luis Campos is building a project that he knows can beat the best of the best. Yeah. They also brought in Christophe Galtier, who's a manager who is very pragmatic in his approach, right? He, he, and he focuses on defending more because he knows the quality of players that he has around him in all these positions is enough that he's like, listen, I'll create some chances for you guys and how we can lay this out. But you guys are going to be the, the focal points for scoring. I'm just going to make sure we don't concede. Because what the hell can I tell Lionel Messi about scoring? Correct. Nothing. But Lionel <laughs> Messi can teach a masterclass in scoring that nobody will even understand because he's speaking in a different language, right? Like he's on a different level to everybody else. Him, yeah. Neymar, Mbappe. So what does he do? He's like, cool. In this game, we're going to go super wide. We'll spread out the team. We'll give more options for uh, Messi and Neymar to touch the ball in the middle of the park. They'll create goal-scoring chances and overloads and this and that, all the tactics. And then they'll score. Then we saw games like Monaco where you're like, okay, well, actually, PSG needs to be able to control games in midfield because they're playing very wide, but they don't have players in midfield who can control the game. Mm -hmm. well, who would you? Who would they go out and sign, Mina? Let me tell you. Vitinha, 46 mil from Porto. Renato Sanchez, 17 mil from uh, Lille. Fabian Ruiz, under 25 mil from Napoli. Carlos Soler, under 20 mil from Valencia. Valencia, yeah. These are four center mids who at any point you can put any of them on the pitch and they can win games. And that combines with Verratti. So now PSG can play a 3-5-2 if they want to. PSG can play a 4-3-3 if they want to. Mm -hmm. They can play, they can overload a midfield with just like with a diamond if they want to and just let their fullbacks go wide. PSG have every conceivable option. I don't even have a con, dude, <laughs> for, for their window. Genuinely, they spent 190-ish mil on, on, their, on their transfers. They generated over 60 from player sales. And this is getting rid of players that they didn't need. This is uh, selling, selling Ariola, the, the backup keeper, for 10 mil, right? Yeah. Just go, like, do it. Di Maria, wages off the book. Ferreira, Draxler. Loan. Draxler, gone. Um, Tilo Carrer gone for like 15 mil. Ander yeah. Herrera, gone. Leandro uh, Paredes, gone. Idrissa Ganagate, gone. Like all of the midfielders who they had who were not world-class by any stretch or anywhere near it, yeah. 
Yeah. They've now replaced with game-dictating midfielders who they can overload to just say, hey, I can have the ball. I can be aggressive. You know how much ground Fabian Ruiz can cover? You know how much I rate Fabian Ruiz? He was in the first ever Spurs rebuild that we did. Because <laughs> I was like, he can play for Conte in a midfield too, and very few players can do that. He can. Yeah. And they signed Soler, and they signed Vitinha, and Renato Sanchez. Fuck. Like, you combine that with last window too, where they ex- where they just focused on their at- on their attack and their star prowess. And then this window, they went, we don't need the superstars. Go get me really, really good quality midfielders Which in particular. Which is what we've been saying PSG should be doing for, for Dude, years now. They took the approach that we've been saying for so long. Finally. They said finally someone the superstars. Listened. They didn't go get Paul Pogba, dude. Yeah. Like, that's such Cause, a cause we were talking character about a development here. Where- where um, PSG were going to get rid of Mbappe because remember they they kept him in the beginning yeah. of the window, um, and we were saying they were going to get rid of Mbappe to Real Madrid, sign Ronaldo, Pogba, and and Rudiger on a free, and that's the PSG that Luis Campos that we knew. would inherit it, right? Yeah, he inherited that, and then he completely shifted in the uh, the tanker that was PSG, yeah, and made it into what it is now. So. We'll we'll see how the season goes for them, but this makes them way more competitive in the Champions League, which is the competition that they want to go for. Right, and I think in the league, not to mention, see, I've heard some people like because they're looking at recency bias. They're looking at well, yeah, this team underperformed last year. Why is this window different? They didn't even go out and get the players who are of that quality because they don't know how good these they don't know how good Vitinha and Fabian Ruiz and Carlos Soler are as players. When they see these players in the game, then you go, oh, oh, hell yeah. Oh, that's I've never seen PSG that's play what you like do. this before. Wait, that's what you can do with recruitment, right? And so, like the character development from PSG, first of all, it gets my it gets my applaud. But this is this is it now. Like this has to be all the marbles. This is how PSG go on to win the Champions League. It has to be like this because they can play a variety of. They can play four four two. They can play four three three. They can play three five two. They, they have all of the. They can team. adapt. For sure. I think genuinely that their benchmark in the league should be 100 points. I, I really believe that. I think PSG... <laughs> no, I'm not even joking, dude. No, because I know, I know. last season, we could have said that, and it could have been like, okay, nobody should be expe- expected to per- to do what they were expected to do. This season, I don't think it's it's beyond the realm of possibility. Yeah. I think PSG, this squad, these players are way too good to be playing in this league. I genuinely think if they've dropped 14 points in the league, that, that, is, that, that they'll be kicking themselves. Because you have to remember... The whole philosophy of PSG this year is not like, oh, just coast in the league, do what you got to do, and then come back and turn it on in the Champions League. It's always be turned on. Mm-hmm. Always, always, always be ready to kick absolute ass. And they're going to have to do it very quickly because Champions League starts fast. And almost all their players are internationals. We're going to be at the World Cup. Yep. Right? Which means PSG have to, like, focus on the cohesion and the, and the squad. But the players here that they've brought in who are like grit mentality winner players who aren't just the superstars who are going to be like all eyes on me because I'm the shit. I love that they've been able to do this for their sake. Really. like, And that's that's where I, that's where I leave it in terms of the top five list. Good shit. Who's on I, your, um, you who's on your honorable mentions? Yeah, let's let's go to my to my near miss. Do you rate? Do you agree with me, PSG at number one? Because you said you were – you thought – I thought you were going to say Real Madrid. Why? I thought you were going to say Real Madrid because no. they they got Chouameni, got rid of Casemiro, so that's a, a decent swap. Yeah, they missed out on Mbappe, but I, I just thought you were going to say Real Madrid. No, I look at Real Madrid as having... I, I'll be honest with you, I don't even have Real Madrid in my, own, in my honorable mentions. I don't have Real okay. Madrid even in my top 10 because Real Madrid did good business getting Chouameni, 
and yeah. selling Casemiro. So it's really like their net spend was very low. And then Rudiger on a free helps them a lot. But they didn't they didn't blow anybody's mind here, right? Like yeah. I think if anything, Barca closed the gap more than Real distanced it. Mm-hmm. And so, and be, not to mention the Casemiro sale was only a few days ago, right? So it's not like they they went into the market and did yeah. a whole lot of business. They were like, okay, let's go get Trump. No, I'm right. going to love Real Madrid's project for it's years to come. It's a good squad, though. It's because, a really yeah, good squad. It's such a good squad. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think they had like a, a top 10 window by yeah. just making no, two right. signings, right? Um, okay, so let's rewind. Let's go back to number five. I had, I had excuse me, um, Arsenal oh. at number five. I have two clubs in this honorable mention list in my, in my in discussion list. Sorry. Honorable mentions okay. are seven through or eight through through 10. Cause those are the ones who deserve a shout, but who can't crack the top five here. I guess I'll call it number six, but it's my first like near miss. I put Bayern. I was going to say like Bayern. Why is Bayern not in your top five? So let me tell Explain you that. So Bayern had a net spend of 42 mil. Okay. <clears throat> okay. But so their net spend was great and they brought in some fantastic players. Okay. The cons is that they spent a lot of money, which is unlike them. And it it may not make that big a difference in terms of where Bayern actually are. Right. So yeah. Uh, they signed Delict for 75 mil from Juve. That's a yeah. big, that's a big money deal. Bayern do not spend money like that. Mm-hmm. But they're assuming that will have the lick for 10 years. And so 7.5 over 10 years works out to the fee. That's that's doable for them. I agree in principle. I agree with that. But in one window to spend like half of, they spent 150 mil this window. Half of, yeah. Half of that was on one player and he's a center back and they had a lot of center back options. So that was just like a little bit, I was like, okay, like really? But I, I understand the business. I just think it was a little bit expensive. They also brought in Sadio Mane for 40, yep. which is half of his market value. So if we even just dollar cost average between um, Delict and Sadio Mane, you probably get a good. decent yeah, rate pretty, for, for the two of them. Good. Then they sign uh, Matthias Tell uh, from, from Ligue 1, who's a, an unbelievable prospect, who I think, like he's a 10 out of 10 prospect. And I think at yep. Bayern, it's the perfect spot for him to develop. Ryan Gravenberch for 20 mil and uh, and Masrawi for free as well, right? So Bayern spent 150 mil. Now, Bayern spending 150 mil, you're like, damn, bro. Bayern, you know how much money they raised, Mina? How much? 113 mil-ish. So Lewandowski obviously left. Lewandowski for 50. Omar Richards for nine and a half. Chris Richards for 13. Uh, Xerxes for about 10. Tangi Niazu went to Sevilla for 18 mil. Mark Roca went to Leeds for 13. So Bayern just moneyballed their way so that their net spend was 40, yeah. which is brilliant business from them because they replaced Lewandowski, who was a top three best player in the world, with Sadio Mane, who's a top five best player in the world, <laughs> right? Like Mane is very much in that conversation to fit a system that Nagelsmann would prefer, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started with that, bro. Anyway, so I think like they had a really decent window. They didn't spend, they spent, their net spend was low and they got some really good players. I just, I don't think it puts Bayern into a new conversation. I think they had to get somebody like Sadio Mane to replace yeah. Lewandowski leaving. And I think they spent a little bit too much on, on Matthias Delict. But they were able to fundraise a lot. So, like, it kind of balances out. I think they had mm-hmm. a really good window. I just don't know if it moves the needle enough for me to put them in the top five. Okay. Okay? Does that make sense? What do you think? Yeah, do you it agree? makes sense. Yeah, uh, I, can, I can agree with that. What about the players that they signed? Do you rate them? Do you think that they... 
Do I rate them? Yeah, do I rate Sadio Mane and Taste the Lake? Yeah, no. No, do you rate them? Be the, the one the guy that says, no. I don't rate Sadio Mane. Yeah, no, he's No, but I, I remember we talked about the Lake transfer yeah. at length. And, and what I said was, listen, this is, it's smart buy, but a lot of money for it. It's, yeah. um, but when you, when you, Bring it down to how long he's going to be there. Like this guy is not leaving for ten years, and like you said, there's going to be. I'm sure you've value thought for that money too, right? over that. But you yeah, know what? I, At the I very least, they keep the value because UV even if they sell the him in a few years, they'll still keep the value, right? Like they'll have used exactly. him for several years and then sell him on. Bayern are really good at that. In exactly. case you forgot, Bayern, like you don't get a good player Lewandowski unless for zero, for zero, and they sold him for fifty after winning everything there is to win eight yes, years later. They so have a volcano in Iceland to thank for that because the story is he was going to go to Blackburn. <laughs> not from Dortmund though that was before Dortmund no before Dortmund yeah that was a long long time ago anyway so that's why I have Bayern they're like in discussion for the top five because their net spend is low and the quality they added is good I just don't yeah. know if they took a big leap the okay. other club that I have who are in the discussion for a top five Dortmund. again it de really depends on who you have is United yeah okay so we can mention United right the pros Ten Hag got some of his players in right United needed some stuff they got some stuff the cons, they didn't address their number one problem, which was the, the dictating midf midfielder, right? The guy who can control the game in midfield, which Ten Hag absolutely is pivotal for his system. They spent a lot of money. They spent over 200 and like almost 40 mil in total, right? And they're still nowhere near competing. Unlike three players. Yeah, right? Anthony cost 100 mil. Yeah, bro. Yeah, you guys talked would, about that last season. Uh, we last, did. We uh, mentioned that week, on the last episode. I'd love to get your, your input on that. Just let me tell everybody else who else came in. Casemiro came in for 60. We've spoken about that on the on the pod. Lissandro Martinez has been pretty good since the first two games, right? Like he's 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 filling into the team next to Veron, but he costs 60 as well. Um, Malasia costs like 15, whatever. I, I, that's that's fine. Dubravka came in on a loan, but that's probably. You know, that's another five mil, whatever. It's a two million loan. Erickson wasn't yeah. even that expensive, whatever. But between Martinez, Casemiro, and Anthony, they spent 220 mil. Yeah, but that, like, you're you're quoting some in pounds and some in euros, and I'm nitpicking. It's like it 85 works, million pounds. It works pounds, out to be about but, the same, yeah. Yeah, but it's 100 million euros. It's just right. 100 sounds crazy. It's like we spent 5 million more on Anthony than Chelsea spent on Fafana. You know what I mean? It's like... When you put it into that perspective, mm. it's still a heck of a lot of money. Yeah, because it's pounds. Like it's 85 million pounds. Oh, in fact, but in euros. euros, it's like 20 more. Yeah, so. Okay, because in euros, I was like, no. Fafana fucking 80, is 90, 95 million I he euros. I like 80 million euros, <laughs> and then and Anthony went for 100 million euros. So that's no. a 20 million euro difference. But anyway, yeah. that's the, the nitpicking is not the point. The point it's is nitpick. it's a lot of money. It's a whole lot of money. Yeah, It's a lot of money. And and to still miss out on, on Frankie, which would have been, which would have, if Frankie came in and Anthony didn't, I think this is a better window, yeah. right? Full disclosure, I think that, that it makes for a better window. The Anthony one hampers the United thing because that's so much money to spend on. And let's call it, you know, uh, what it is. Anthony is not a proven goal scorer. He's a flair player and flair players catch the eye, but I don't know how much of an impact they make in terms of what United's goals are. I still don't think United are near a top four run this year, even having spent 220 mil. And for me, that doesn't do a whole lot to be able to put them in a the top five, but they did get Casemiro, who's a world-class player. They I got remember, a, a CDM, fantastic prospect and a, and a center back. So they like, got, like, they fixed a lot of the yeah. spine of the team too. So like, you know, I, 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 we can have a conversation about it. Here's the thing. We completely changed the spine of the team because mm -hmm. Ten Hag came in and went, nah, Maguire, have a seat. Martinez is it. 
and instead of Maguire and Lindelof, it's now Varane and Martinez. And yeah, instead of McFred, yeah. yeah, instead of McFred, it's now Casemiro in the six. Uh, we've talked about the Casemiro signing at length. And then it's Bruno, and then it's either Martial or Rashford or whoever. Mm-hmm. Because um, I, I actually, I would be interested to see how he handles Ronaldo now because the window's over and and Ronaldo can't leave. I'd be interested yeah. to see how that works because now it's like Ronaldo has no option but to try hard. Um, I tell you what, in I terms think of Ronaldo's the trying hard one, for a move, bro. <laughs> I yeah, think he United, was. I think Ronaldo's lost his place, bro. And to be I honest, I think, I think uh, United like would have moved him on as well. Like I don't think United was going to stand in his way. Mm-hmm. All, all they were saying was he's not for sale, but I'm, I think that's just, you know. Yeah, like you yeah. have to say that. Yeah. yeah, you have, like, what's he going to do? Gonna say that, like, the best player in the world is for sale? Like, we don't want him here. Right. Um, the Anthony one, though, I do agree with you. It's a lot of money on one position. And I think <laughs> it's such a desperate price tag because of how late in the window it was. Mm. And I have, I'm kind of on the fence here. Part of me is saying this is a lot of money go get a lot go get a value player because if you need to then replace someone else in the front line that money is not going to like be available because now you spent 100 million but if you spent like 50 million on someone you can go spend money elsewhere or even on the same position if you need to replace him blah 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 blah. but the other part of me is it was too late in the window to get make any other signings this was likely to be our last signing mm-hmm. it's a player that ten hog knows probably knows how he can develop him and use him in terms yeah. of trench creation and all that, that as a stuff. Pro. Yeah, I put exactly. that as a pro. I put Air- and, uh, players, right? and if it's money that the club is spending, that means it's money that the Glazers can't take out. So <laughs> that's that's also where I'm at. It's, <laughs> so if, if he can play without the pressure of the 100 million price tag and do what Ten Hag wants him to do, I'll be satisfied with it. But, I, but like the Declan Rice shout mm. for 120 million, he's a good player. He would definitely improve our first 11. I don't know how much money we could be spending on someone like that. Because to me, right. it's very, very difficult. And only a handful of players can say that they're worth $100 million. Yeah. Everyone else is just kind of like, is just what the club slapped the price tag on him for. Yeah. I just think that it's it's so difficult to justify that price tag that we have to almost forget about the price tag. He's here now. Just worry about how he performs on the pitch. And don't let that overshadow him. Well, if you remember in the Chelsea rebuild uh, that I did with Joe, I said 100 mil for Declan Rice is a safer bet. Like, I think that that is almost money better spent than 100 mil on a winger because it's far less risky, right? Like, we know what Declan Rice is going to come in and do. We don't know how Anthony's going to do, right? Declan Rice is primarily We know what he's going to be able to do. And maybe he can't justify it with the same flair or goals or panache or any of that stuff. But the, the, you're taking a gamble by spending 100 mil on an attacker. Now, the yeah. more teams spend 100 mil on attackers, the better it looks for for all the players who are in that bracket, right? The the more times that a that a Darwin Nunez or that an Anthony goes for 100 mil, the less pressure it puts on Jack Grealish, for example, yeah. right? Lukaku, because it's like this price tag just it, it. There is no justification for it. There is no amount of money that we can spend to 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 you know to be worth that much, right? The closest thing you could do is like when Ronaldo went for 80 in 2008, what did he do? And he won everything that there is to win. So is that a hundred million pound player nowadays? I think that that's an unfair expectation. However, when you have people who are complaining about like, you know, because this is, people will complain about this, right? People will say, we'll already set him up for failure. I don't think that it's, it's smart to do that to a, to a young player like this, especially an unproven one. When 
there's another Dutch player, Cody Gakpo, Gakpo in Dutch, yeah, who was also available on the market for half the price. Right now, if he's not a ten hog type player because he really likes his tricky winger, well, bro, you have Jane Sancho who's a tricky winger. Like that's what his whole thing was. Right. So and like you're not I think signing were, a hundred million pound player for depth or a hundred million euro player for depth. Like no, you shouldn't be. Yeah. Right. Like they should be injections of quality into into your team who will help right away. Is Anthony gonna do that? We don't maybe. Know. Maybe. We don't know. And the fact yeah. is hundred mil for maybe, I think is is not the best success in the world. But it's also we've seen what he's able to do playing in the Champions League. He did decent. If he can just continue to develop at this rate, I think that they're happy to have acquired this player regardless of the price tag. Right. Yeah, I, I I completely agree. I think I like the player. I'm gonna support him. I and and everything. It's just the price tag to me has a lot of issues, and yep. I'm not gonna try to use that to you know as as a stick to beat him with. But mm. what I what I do like about United's window, and that's not a quantity that people are talking about as much as I think they should, is that we've added character. We've yeah. added significant amount of character. You talk. Mm. You look at how the back four is completely different than what it was last year because last right. year it was Wambasaka, Lindelof, Maguire, and Shaw. Now, none of these see the pitch. Shaw wasn't even in the squad last week, or, or sorry, um, yesterday. Um, and now you're looking at the character of Martinez, the character of someone who's willing to try as hard as, as Terrell Malassia is doing. And right. it, you could see the effort he's putting in. And now yeah. the character of Casemiro, the calmness of that, rather than having the McFred in, in midfield. And Anthony looks like he's coming in with some character as well. So I'm excited to see how this team plays. The, it looks a lot more unified than it, than it did even in the beginning, first two games of this season, right. where we were playing with the same team that we were playing with last, last year. Yeah. And I hope this continues. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how they react to a first defeat when it comes. Um, I mean, this unit, not the, the first two games. But uh, yeah, it's it's exciting, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, you know, you brought in South Americans, bro. So you're guaranteed the fire, the passion. The fire. At least that's yeah. going to be there, right? Um, yeah. And when you're so, playing with a bunch of mayonnaise players this season before, you kind of need the spice. <laughs> so between United or Bayern, do you think either of them should be ahead of Arsenal for that top five spot? No. No, I don't no think right? So. I think I had made a pretty decent top five, right? Like United, not really. Uh, Bayern, maybe you can make an argument. I can accept yeah. an argument for it, but United probably not, right? Yeah, no. I think it was worth mentioning because they spent a lot of money and they we they, did sign a lot got of players. some good players, but they didn't. Yeah, you know, it doesn't close the gap in the same way. Arsenal are five and oh, right? We, we like there's tangible evidence to see. Yeah. Um, now we can go to the honorable mentions before we wrap up the show, and I have three teams who I think deserve a shout. Uh, hey, me. Okay. The first up in that bracket, and I won't necessarily put this as like eight, nine, ten, but just the three teams that deserve a mention who are not as part of a top five, but who definitely deserve a shot here for great windows. First one's Nottingham Forest. Yeah, Obvious. fucking signing and a completely different squad. Twenty, yeah, like players. almost two. Yeah, literally, like two new starting 11s, Basically, it's two they new signed, 11s. They signed literally twenty-two players, which is ridiculous. So I looked at pros and cons for this as well. I'm not going to read off all the players. Like I can mention some of the the ones who they who they got. Willie Bali, you'll probably know that name. He's Jesse, as a center back. Dean Anderson. Renan Lodi, uh, Atletico Madrid fullback. Fucking right. Renan Lodi, bro. Bro, like that's crazy. Emmanuel Dennis was, was a star for Watford last season. Yeah. Um, Neko Williams, they overpaid for it from Liverpool. Jesse Lingard, uh, Dean Henderson. Dean Anderson. You know, like they have played even Musa uh, Niakate. I watched this dude play in the Bundesliga and they brought him in to start at center back. I think that's a smart signing. They just made so many signings that let's let's do pros and cons. Now, Nottingham Forest were the third place team. So they won the most expensive game in football. So they had an influx of like 300 mil 
injected into their squad, which is done, I think, for parity reasons, right? That's yeah. really what they do. If you're coming up in the championship, you shoot for third, you get a, a massive 300 million overhaul, and then you can choose how you want to spend it. And they said, we are going guns blazing. We need all new players to stay in this league. The pros, this is an entirely new squad, so it's not a championship side, and they've composed it through Premier League caliber, low end, but Premier League caliber players and really good players from around Europe, okay? This will probably keep them up, right? That's yeah. that's a pro. The cons is that this is a lot of money that they spent. They way outspent the other teams who are in similar positions, and there's no guarantees. Yeah. Right. So it's not if they like get relegated we, with this window, it's it's rough. That'll be a real you almost real tough go into time. administration, that buddy. Yeah, you're gonna have well, they're gonna have a fire sale, especially on Gibbs White, bro. Yeah, they spent a ton of money on Gibbs. They spent like 40 plus mil on yeah, Morgan Gibbs crazy. White, which is a preposterous amount of money. Now, yeah, Renan Lodge is not playing in the championship. This dude's seen Champions I mean, League. Yeah, no, like, exactly. he should be playing in the Champions League, literally. So you have this entirely new squad, it it's probably enough to keep them up. I don't think it's a top five window because I don't think it moves no, the needle enough. Now, if they, if they finish in the top ten of the prem, I'll eat my words. This this might yeah. be one of the, like one of the better windows, even top three. If it if it has that kind of impact, I could see them finishing. And you, congrats to you because you shouted out that they'd stay up before any of this happened. So this is just like <laughs> when uh, they had they only signed eleven players. Yeah, which at the time <laughs> seemed like a lot, and then they went out and signed like the back end of them, and they were even better. I think Forrest, I'm comfortable saying now, I think Forrest will stay up. I think they can, I think their ceiling will still be like a yeah. 13th, by example, yeah, like a, so. a mid table. But if you have to spend 150 mil to stay in the Prem, guess what? You're going to get it all back just from staying in the league Correct. for finishing, you know, probably not mid table. I'm sure that that's more top end stuff. But even if they get back 100 mil for staying in the league next season, then they can start to actually Otherwise, like flush out their squad, cut loans, you turn into leads, and yeah. you're back in the Prem in 30 years' time. We'll yeah. Like. And that's a long time from now. So, uh, congrats on him for us. I also have the next one up is Dortmund. Yeah. You know why? They had a massive squad Dude, overhaul. So many people. And almost broke even. Their net spend was 13 mil. What? Dude, I know. Now, here's the thing. People forget about this because they got their business done early. By June, they had already completed most of their... their right, spend. that's true. They brought in uh, Sebastian Allaire. And shout out goes to Sebastian Allaire. You all know yeah, why. Yeah, shout out, man. Right, we love Allaire. They brought in Sule and Schlotterbeck to Schlotterbeck to be a, a completely new back two. Schlotterbeck yeah. cost 20 mil. Sule was free. Dollar cost average that to 10 mil for two Bundesliga, like two of the best center backs in the league, in the Bundesliga. Yeah. Karim Adeyemi, who they brought in from uh, from Salzburg for 30-something mil. They also signed, and I know this name, Jaden Braff, because Jaden Braff's mm -hmm. a city boy. Okay, who they signed for free. And then they had to replace Allaire with Anthony Modest, who is a proven 10 to 15 goal scorer in the Bundesliga. Okay. okay. The total that they spent was 95 mil. They sold a Kanji and they sold Holland. And that made back pretty much <laughs> 80 plus mil. That's so funny. Man. And the Holland one has different add-ons. So the Holland, like That's technically so City paid one fee, but let's be real, yeah. like, it will rise to more. So they might actually come out of this just with selling Holland to completely overhaul their squad. <laughs> That's hilarious. The pros of this, bro. It's the Dolman right? Wayman. It's the it's a fantastic squad overhaul that will help them to to compete with wh where they want to be competing, and they almost broke yeah. even. The con is that they lost Holland, who's the best player in the league, or one of the best players in the world, and Bayern had a better window. And because Bayern had a better window, yeah. it doesn't let Dortmund close the gap, which they I'm That's sure true. really really wanted to. Because if they if Bayern and for a time Dortmund had had a better window, really really early on, then Bayern did 
some really, really good business. And now I don't think that Dorman can beat Byron for the league. But at the time, they were damn, damn close. Yeah, I think it this almost, puts it almost them at like at least were, a second. Uh, getting a little bit close and then Byron won. <laughs> Let me just remind you why we're, you know, yeah. 10 leagues, 10, Literally. 10 wins in the but like, back to back to back to back uh, to back to back to back. We can't shop in the Bundesliga this year. That's fine. We'll go we'll get go by two world-class else. players. And you're like, and then you're grab not them supposed to do that, yeah. Byron. Everyone else is playing checkers here and they're playing chess, bro. It's just not fair. Ajax lost a lot of players. Eh? Yep. And they're going to just keep doing the damn thing. Uh, so anyway, that's Dortmund. And then I have one final team who I think deserves a shout here. And it's West Ham. Yeah. Okay. I there was a time. They kind of they kind of saved it in towards yeah. the later towards end of the, the season. End. Joe was screaming at them. Joe was furious. He was absolutely livid with how they were doing. All right. Then they went out and they they listened. They said, Joe, you're right. We have Declan Rice now. We have to build a team to convince Declan Rice that we can be a team that, that can actually compete. So the pros, they built a legit squad around Declan Rice. That's a fantastic yeah. good. Good for them. They spent 170 mil total. Like that was their net spend ish in that bracket. The cons is that they probably still didn't close the gap on the top six, which is a really, really mm. tough spot, but it just shows how far ahead the top six actually are. Because yeah. let's be real, West Ham are now in a bracket of the the Newcastles, the like the teams that are gonna breathe down your neck. And they were there last right. season, but then the top six did so much work that they had to do as much work to get there. But listen, Lucas Paqueta who yep. base price was like 43 plus 17 million add-ons. So we'll call it Skamaka as price. well. Skamaka, who they brought in, who was one of the top goal scorers in the, in the Serie A last season. Yep. They brought in this dude, Naif Agerd, who is, that's a Moroccan name. I'll butcher the pronunciation. Agir, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. Am I close? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's 35 mil for Just a say, uh, say Agerd, like in French. Yeah, I didn't know if it had more of an Arabic pronunciation, but whatever. That, that dude, 35 mil is expensive for, for that center back, but whatever. They got to do what you got to do. Maxwell Cornet, they poached from Burnley because they got relegated. Emerson Palmieri gives them some good fullback depth. Um, yeah. Tilo Caro, who they got from Bayern, great deal. Alphonse Areola, who is a starter contender for, for a keeper, right? And then they signed some other dude for like 10 mil, but that doesn't really matter. So they, in total, yeah. spent 185 mil and recouped about 20 for Issa Diop, who they sold to Fulham. So West Ham had a very decent window and here they had a good end to the window yeah th- there was a time in the window where it just didn't look like it was enough but then they went out and did this and, and we spoke about it last week i love the paqueta deal for west ham i think that it makes a, a world of difference and i think that west ham have like a, a midfield three here that if they're playing a four two three one the, the rice to check double pivot we know how that okay. works and now you've had did paqueta uh, paqueta ahead of it and paqueta people don't realize this but you'll remember that name because i pitched him in the united rebuild He's not just like the flare cam. He isn't. He has no. more defensive presses than most yeah, yeah. teams, than most players in, in similar positions. Like he runs and he defends from the front line first. So he works very hard. He links up play very well. And he always tries to get things going. And when you have players like Jared Bowen in the squad who are pace whores, who you're just going to be like, go play it up to him. And then you have Skamaka or um, uh, the dude who's already there. What's the name of their striker there? Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Mikel Antonio? Yeah then you have goal-scoring options. So they haven't had the best start to the season. But and you have West different goal-scoring options as well. Yeah, like West Ham will be tr- trying to breathe down the necks of the top six. But at the very least, their their expectation will be like, Nathan, shut up about Aston Villa. We are the top seven team. Screw you, Newcastle. We are the yeah. seventh place team. We are the Clara and Blue team now. Yeah. <laughs> Burnley's gone now. Only Villa is the one to compete yeah. with. Yeah, we got to send them out of here. So anyway, yeah, I, I no, couldn't put I, them I in the top five, also... right? But... Tell me. You're overlooking someone, and I think it might be because of bias. Okay. 
Can we talk about Spurs' window? Because Spurs had a decent window too. You know, I had Spurs, but I don't think I don't think Spurs. They had uh, a good. They had a decent window. Like they signed Basuma. They signed um, what's his face? Uh, Perisic, right? They signed so that's quality an depth. Depth. But they didn't. Yeah. It barely. But it doesn't really affect their their first team. And I don't think they lost their place last year because of depth. I st- like. I don't think they've made substantial improvements in their front three. I think Kulisevsky is the best deal to happen there. Ben yeah. Tenker is great too. Don't get me wrong. When they poached that from Utah, but that was in January. Mm-hmm. So now they've added Basuma, who's a good depth piece, fine, but he's not he's not starting ahead of that. Richarlison's not starting. Perisic, nope. fine, but Perisic is not the same Perisic that he was. Clement Longley is not that good, right? Like they made signings, they spent money. They it helped them with depth, depth but they, they had did, a good squad. I don't think it closed any gaps for Spurs. I think if Spurs finish like in the top three or four, it'll be because of the players who are starting. It won't be because of their depth right. pieces. You know what I mean? So That's I can't fair, say but that having the option. Having the yeah. option to throw them on is a good is a good thing to do. Yeah, it's it, it's fine. But look, like if you look at the the squads that I mentioned here, like I they've made monumental impact signings to their starting eleven, yeah, right? Yeah. Either with squad overhauls you or key additions to take the next step. I don't think any of what Spurs did is is equivalent to that. I think no, they're just right. like ah, oh, if we need to arrest Son or Kane, then we have somebody hopefully who we can bring in. But you're like, yeah, but even do you like they if also you got, drop Kane and put in Richarlison? I don't even, bro. They and they lost. Yeah. They lost Region, which means Marta Diaz no <laughs> longer supports them. That is a monumental loss, dude. That's a. You know what? Fuck them. They're outside you know of the saying? top fifty now. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, you can't just do. And Region is not Re- a good signing, but Marta Spurs Diaz right supporting your club is just gigantic. Yeah, relegate that club right now. Just yeah, honestly. So screw them. So anyway, so I don't. I couldn't. That should have been a clause in her. Contract. I played with Spurs. I looked at the at the things and I went. No, I was like, it's not a top 10 window. A lot of money spent, good for them. Not a top 10 window. Cool. Right? That's the way That's the way I kind of looked at it. Yeah, and then that's fair. across the other leagues, argument. it was like no one even spent anywhere near enough. Like, you can't justify an argument for really any team outside of these ones because either their spend wasn't high enough yeah. or their net spend difference wasn't good enough. Like, Bayern and, and, uh, and Dortmund both cracked this list because their net spend was so low. Mm-hmm. They brought in real, like, squad overhaul quality players without breaking the bank. Right. None of the yeah, Serie A teams really did that, right? Like, the, nobody really took, like, monumental leaps like that. So, I'm like... Oh, I was man, hoping I AC Milan have a better, uh, had a better window. Obviously, Roma signed a couple of decent players, hey, namely Roma Dybala. A show. So they Roma, signed Dybala, bro. Roma, like, we, everybody here knows our feelings on Roma. We're, yeah, we're all boy. on the Roma train right now. So, if, if you want to join, we're still taking applicants. So, tell me, and we can, we can kind of end near here. If you were to pick one player... Who was the best signing of the window? Ooh, best signing right, of the window. Because we've spoken it's about a lot to... of like monumental signings and, and yeah. clubs that have had great windows because they've signed certain players. But if you had to pick one player, one signing in particular, maybe it's because they made the most impact on their team. Maybe it's because it was the best of value for money, whatever it is. Who's the best signing of the window? It's tough to look past Holland. Yeah. But it like... City were already at the top. He takes them to another level at the top. So, uh, so might top. not he might not be the best impact player. Yeah, I that's think. just it. Like if they go from one to one, then it's not like exactly. they haven't closed gaps, right? So yeah, it's an A they plus might have to an A plus, plus right? Yeah, like they distance themselves, like... and it's it, like I just don't think that it's very difficult to look past him. He's definitely top three signings. I just don't know if he's the best signing. Okay, um, looking at Gabriel Jesus as well. It was has been a great signing so far. I don't know how how long yeah, it's you're gonna right. go, especially for the price tag too. 
Yeah, like, he's like been he's involved been in everything. He, barely, he didn't even cost 50 mil for them. So he's been busting. He's got like what five assists and three goals so far in this season. Ridiculous. That's that's crazy. Yeah. So I I don't know. Maybe maybe Gabby for now. I but if you come back to me at another episode, I'm gonna say someone else is the best signing. You might have someone else. Bro, Sadio Mane deserves a show too because Sadio Mane definitely mil for a Sadio. Like for in terms of value. Yeah. Now it, it's the same argument as for City, right? If it takes them from from one to one, then you know what has it really done? Marginal. But at the same time, you're like, bro. Yeah, but you know he went for half, maybe even a third of what his market value is. For me, I think it has to be Holland. Yeah, because Holland didn't cost, Holland's market value is 200 mil and City got him for 60, right? Like yeah. that, that's preposterous, right? So I think that, and he takes them from one to one, but it's all one to one is also like, a, it could be a 15 point gap, right? Mm-hmm. Which City are used to having, but I mean, looking knows, at Liverpool if it turns right out now, to the they're almost League, halfway there. <laughs> yeah. If it turns out, if it turns <laughs> into a Champions League win, then, oh, then then definitely, yeah. Then it will have been worth it, right? But we have to see where all this kind of turns out because you know what? We could even look at um, if Casemiro single-handedly like solidifies United's midfield, and now and mm. now they play and they finish in the top three because yeah. they signed the best. Then you could make an argument that it's Casemiro, right? Like in terms of individual yeah. impact signing, it could be him. I I could make an argument for Koulibaly. Yeah, Koulibaly right? could be a good if argument. If Koulibaly, because he's replacing Rudiger, that's massive boots to right. fill, but he can do it, right? And if it helped Chelsea from stop scoring, then then he's got it too, right? Like there's a lot of of options, if I had to lock one in, I think I go Holland. Right, I'm gonna lock in. This is the most prolific bench too, FC like... signing Harry Maguire. That's the one I'm gonna lock in. <laughs> it's the best signing. I think we've that had is the position. best sign. Hey, you know what, bro? Hey, you know what they got him for? We've gained for nine free. points. They just sat him there, yeah. bro. We gained nine <laughs> points with that transfer. <laughs> the loss of a player, bro. We do. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. That hey, you know what? You know what might be the signing of the summer? It might be Wolves. Wolverhampton being able to rinse Nottingham for 50 mil for Morgan Gibbs White, that might be the deal of the summer. Yeah. Not for Nottingham, but for Wolves for being able to fund <laughs> Mateus Nunez with that money, bro. I think yeah. that's in the conversation. Anyway, bro, can we wrap up the footy for today? I'm happy with that. Me too, bro. Are we good to wrap up the episode here? We've done a bonus episode here. We can t- we can do you want to mention anything for Bro Talk before we go? Don't go to Buffalo Wild Wings. That's the one I'm gonna say. Do, do oh, not yeah. go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, tell us why, Mina. Our official yeah. wing connoisseur. You Listen, know what we do here. Buffalo Wild Wings has now gone past the value for money they used to have to, mm. I'm going to go to there because of the memories. And, and they can still offer me something good. And I don't really have any other alternatives. They've now gone into mafia scam. This is now a money laundering scheme to 100%. stay open. And it's just paying off the rest of the rent on the brick and mortar location that they have. And that is it. All right. There's a reason this place has been rotting in Oakville for that many years and no other branches open. You know what happens for a franchise when it's doing well? Other branches open. Yeah. yeah. That hasn't no, happened. They can't expand. Nope. No, no they're they, just they trying to rinse us for prices. I think what they're doing is, I think they didn't realize that COVID happened. Here's what I think. Okay, let me just, just work with me here for a second. I don't think they realized COVID happened. Okay. I think they just thought that people stopped coming. And you know, right. sometimes when people get hurt, they try to hurt other people because they just yeah. like shut themselves up. I think that's what they're doing. I think they said to themselves, you know what? If everyone's going to stop coming here, then I'm going to punish them when they come back. It's not going to reward them for coming back. I'm not, I'm not going to show what, like why people should continue to come. It's like, you know what? You hurt me. No, I'm going to hurt you. Screw you. I'm going to get rid of your favorite sauces. I'm going to make everything overpriced. I'm going to make the, I'm going to change up the rules. To, uh, just like make the portion sizes smaller. Feelings. 
older, yeah. more stale, less everything sauce on everything. I'm going to take like, the good deals go and I'm going to make them now bad deals. Yeah. Bro. That's not even a deal anymore. You're just getting rinsed. It's yeah. not It's not a deal. No, it isn't. It's terrible. And, and I don't like to speak out against chicken wings. This is nothing against chicken wings. We love chicken wings. No. Yeah. We just, we admire them too much to continue to, to keep places like this. And you know what? It cuts, it, it, it hurts. It cuts it very close to home because we've poured our heart and soul into certain establishments that are and, now feel like money. they're just taking advantage Hard of us. money. And this is not a sponsor for any other wing joints. Just don't go to Buffalo Wild Wings. We are adamantly yeah. speaking out of, against them. If we can hurt. have a franchise that is willing to do a political war against Buffalo Wild Wings that <laughs> wants to sponsor us, we will happily do that. Because oh, if gladly. Wing Place X decides, listen, guys, I want you guys to to like shout us out, but also shout out the bad ones so people can come to yeah. us. Sign us up. That's what they're doing. They basically, they're yeah, like, we've seen the success of ElmontYouthSoccer.com yeah. since they've partnered with you guys because you guys are just like masterclass in marketing here, the way that you guys tell people. We're so influential. By the way, speaking yeah. of influence, TJW Bites. 780,000 views, bro. Brilliant. We're That's growing like yesterday. Yeah, bro. 5K a day. Jesus Christ. Also, just one last thing before we wrap up here and we're rambling a little bit. I went sprinting yesterday. I've never been in more pain. I've never been in more pain <laughs> in my entire life, bro. I, I, I'm so sore. You know where You know where it hurts me now? Where? My where? obliques. Why do my obliques hurt? Do you know your obliques <laughs> work when you run? I didn't know. I thought it'd be my legs. My legs hurt a little. My abs hurt so much. They're not your, like, just your flex, your hip flexes? Or no, just your it's, oblique it's abs? Here, bro. It's like a lo- the muscles along my rib. You know, Mosala has those. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. all these muscles up in here, bro. The I don't know. The best have Santerias in the world. <laughs> it yeah. hurts. I have so to get bad, an injection dude. on Tuesday. So we'll see how that goes. Ooh. Yeah, I have an ultrasound on Wednesday, bro. We're just, we're banged we're, up here. But you know yeah. what? We're going to keep we're bringing you great content anyway. And on Monday, on Monday, we're going to bring you a Champions League episode, guys. We hope you enjoyed episode number 159 of the Jersey Wall podcast. The bonus episode to take you into your long weekend. These were the clubs. Enjoy Labor the best Day. Transfer windows. Enjoy Labor Day if you're from Canada. I don't know if does the U.S. celebrate that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Our North American audience, everybody, wherever it is that you celebrate, enjoy Labor Day. Enjoy this weekend. Guys, we love you. We appreciate you tuning in each and every week. I've been your host, Mr. Nathan Santos, a.k.a. MasterChef Nay. You can follow me on Instagram at the Nathan Santos and everywhere else at MasterChef Nay, including on TikTok, where you can find the TJW Bites, the fastest growing hashtag in the history of the internet. Brethren, where can we find more from you? You can find me on Twitter at MinaFGali and on Instagram, Mina.Gali98. Boom. Follow the Jersey Wall podcast on Instagram at Podcast. And thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. Don't forget to go to elmontyouthsoccer.com. The link is in the description. Click it right now and enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout to save 10% on your entire order. That's it, guys. It's 4.30 here. We're going to go enjoy the weekend. Take care. Yes, love you. We'll see you next time right here on the Jersey Wall Podcast, baby. Woo!